Hello, Heron. Can you hear Hello, me? Hello, Tom. Yes, I can hear you. Wonderful. So, it's been a month shy of two years since we last recorded. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. I was wondering. I, I, I assumed you had already taken care of figuring that out. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty easy to figure out, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. It was not that hard. Yeah. Thankfully. Thankfully. A, a month is an easy, uh, an easy thing to work backwards from. So, the last time we recorded... It appears to have been a completely different world for both of us. But what I've started to do <laughs> is yes. I, I've started to take the Stone Ape recordings and put them up as transcripts. <sighs> yeah. Because I think certainly, personally, I in the past two years, I've gone back to the Stone Ape archive and listened to it periodically. Um, I've done a bunch of stuff over the past two years, but I think there are certain recordings that just really serve the test of time and... I think some of the conversations that we had are memorable, at least to me. Yeah, so. I feel the same way. I think uh, there's a certain percentage of that stuff that people could benefit from listening to. Mm -hmm. You contacted me because I started putting the transcripts online, yeah. and you thought, why don't we do a reunion show? And this is actually my birthday weekend, and I like <laughs> recording podcasts on my birthday weekend, and I feel... I mean, in the past two years, you know, I've, I've lost track of what you've been up to, what you've been doing... Your Facebook feed, for me, is kind of a constant photo stream, but I don't really... You mentioned when we spoke a couple of nights ago that things have changed for you quite dramatically. Oh, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it's a new world. <laughs> so, in what regards... I mean, can, can you give, like, a top ten changes? In the oh, well, um, one way to say it is, uh, is I finally have my first disciple. Okay. <laughs> a guy... Uh, well, I call him Steve. His name is Istvan Kochis from Hungary, but he he travels around between Thailand and Britain and America, uh -huh. and um, and he he's he's on board, man. He's we've got now twenty twenty three acres of land in um, in Hungary uh -huh. in a in a place called Buksek, uh -huh. which is this sort of uh, spa uh, village in the mountains. And uh, he's going to start a school there. Have you been there? No, I haven't. I may go this summer, okay. but uh, I, I don't know yet. I've seen the picture. I mean, it's a beautiful place. It, it's a, it's a, like a little resort community in the mountains. Mm -hmm. But Hungary's going through all sorts of really weird political shit. So yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what develops there. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, so that's uh, that's a, that's a big change. Uh, and my health is – my back is just going crazy. I don't know whether I'm going to end up in a wheelchair or mm. what's going on. It's really not that big a deal. You because I, surgery, though, weren't you? Well, stage. there's – yeah, I, I don't know what, what's going to happen. I mean, this is going to take months before anything really happens. I mean, it's not that bad now. The thing is, I can't walk for more than about 100 yards. Well, that's no good if you're going to Hungary. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the things that I'm thinking about because this is on, on like virgin land in, yeah. in, in the mountains, and uh, it would be nice to be able to walk around and enjoy the scenery, you know. So, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I mean, there's some chance. My brother had relatively the same problem and had surgery, and it solved it completely, mm. and still playing tennis at 75. Wonderful. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But even if it doesn't, I mean, I, I'm quite content to sit in a wheelchair if that's what I have to do to travel around. You so know? when we spoke, I mean, have you tried CBD or any of the kind of cannabis-related stuff associated with this? Because, I mean, 
I mean, for pain? Well, yeah. no, this, no, this is a, a very specific problem. It's called stein, uh, spinal stenosis. And, okay. and uh, basically the holes where the nerves exit the spinal mm-hmm. column and go down to the leg, those holes are closing up and putting pressure on the nerves. Mm. And uh, it's relatively straightforward. I mean, it's, it's delicate surgery, but it's relatively straightforward mm-hmm. to go in and ream those ream holes yep. out. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> We'll see. You know, uh, I can deal with it whichever way it works. So, mm. You know. So you've, you you had basic contact with your brother when we spoke previously, but have you gotten into more contact with him recently? Uh, we've talked. Well, yeah, we talked uh, twice. I think in the last couple months okay. about this, about this stuff. But uh, I think you know we don't have much of a relationship. Really, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, certainly one of the major things that's happened in the past two years is I've become even more of a hermit than I was previously. Ah, uh, congratulations. <laughs> well, yes, in one regard. <laughs> it, it's certainly a lot easier in, in many ways. Oh, hell yes. But, uh, you know, my, dealing with my own bullshit is hard enough. Having to deal with everybody else's yeah. is just ridiculous. Yeah. No, I went through a period after we stopped recording where I started looking very critically at collaborations, and I've, I've done more collaborative podcasts. I mean, our listener, Connor Sites Bowen, and I did a podcast for a period of time. Yeah. Um, and I did a podcast with the uh, fellow Brandon DiCamello, who I talked about doing a podcast with back in 2010. So he and I recorded for about nine months. I actually did a road trip across the U.S. to meet up with him in Pennsylvania. And that was the end of that podcast. Thank you very much. So <laughs> it was really very striking. And then uh, my long-term friend from Australia who used to come and stay with me was supposed to come and stay with me for three months he lasted just under two weeks here, uh, and, <laughs> and yeah, we're not and, in speaking and, and terms by, anymore. And that was uh, probably a mutually uh, agreeable solution. Believe me. <laughs> well, I think, you know, alcoholism is very real, and it's a real phenomenon, particularly in Australia, and you export Australian-level alcoholism to this part of the world. But I mean, ah. the one thing that I was thinking about is I have resigned from the local community organization. I just did that oh, about okay. a year ago. Yeah, good. They, they thought that it was a good idea for me to go and introduce myself to the local gang houses. And I was like, no, thank you very much. I'm out of here. So <laughs> I um, didn't seek any re-election. It was supposed to be a one-year post, but it went on for three years and I didn't seek any re-election. And, oh, my goodness, food tastes better. The sky looks brighter. It's just amazing. Ah, I bet. Yeah. yeah. So, Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> very good. And um, the other thing is that my Project Noble 8, has had some rather disturbing stuff happen to it. A comedian, actually pretty well around the time we stopped recording Stone Ape, maybe a month or two afterwards, decided he was going to release a comedy tour called Noble Ape. And for the past two years, he's been putting up all kinds of objectionable stuff under the name Noble Ape. Uh, Contacted his lawyers early on and they're like, well, fuck you. (laughs) <laughs> you talk to well, us again we'll you, see you well, do you have some, uh, some sort of you know legal rights to well, that well it's name? all very curious right because th- there are a series of things that go on here my view is that the universe optimizes for irony and in this case <laughs> the universe is certainly optimized for irony the fellow made about 10 million dollars from netflix then didn't release this noble ape special out on netflix he did it all privately and then came out in the media dissing netflix and in parallel to this, everything, he's even started branding his old material, No Blade. So the whole thing is just like, after I stopped doing anything for about a year because of the threat of litigation, 
which would have been very curious. But I mean, litigation isn't about being right. It's about who has the most winning wins. And unfortunately, this guy had $10 million from Netflix last year. So yeah, yeah. it was all very curious. He still hasn't found a better name yet. So he's still producing a bunch of stuff under the name Noble Ape. And it's all very, very strange. But I've continued to do it. In fact, have you had any conversations with him? Well, I contacted his lawyers. Pretty... No, but you haven't taught, you haven't had any like actual communication with him. Well, the lawyers made it perfectly clear that if I made any further communication, that they would actively litigate. Well, how could they litigate for you calling well, somebody? So I mean, he's, that's ridiculous. He's, well, <laughs> he's using your stuff. You're not. I mean, what are they going to well, sue you? I look, but if if there was anything rational through the correspondence that I had with them, I would have moved. In a different direction. Yeah. I mean, there are a number of levels to this thing, including my employer, unfortunately. So, I mean, there are so many levels to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. it's in a circumstance where he's got to eventually come up with some other name. I mean, what's why curious? does he have to come up with well, another because name? It's a, he's done six comedy spe- He did a comedy special called Mr. Universe previously. And the people that ran Mr. Universe, I in the Mr. Universe contest, actually changed their name because of this arsehole. <laughs> so my perspective is I could follow Mr. Universe's perspective or I could just keep doing what the hell I've been doing. So what's yeah, been interesting just ignore the whole fucking thing. Exactly. Keep, keep doing, doing what, what I'm doing. doing. So what's been interesting is, and this is something I should have done many, many years ago is I've started putting out music and I'm going to continue to put out music in parallel to putting out writing and a bunch of other stuff. And the music now I'm actually making money on. I'm making more money per month on music than I make per year on writing. So if I keep producing music at this rate, I could live quite comfortably on it in a few years' time. Great. So that, for me, has been a real... I mean, when you're forced through confrontation to move into these kind of domains, you start to learn things very rapidly. I now realise completely that this every aspect of the media is a complete circus. He's manipulated it's, a listen, it's run different. by human beings. Well, Language monkeys. What the fuck do you expect? No, it's it's <laughs> even more than that, Heron. I don't if it was just run by human beings, language monkeys, I think this whole thing is completely paid for. And my perspective is if it's completely paid for, how do you get anything out of this thing? So I've just become a hermit through this experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. like I say, I can't imagine life any other way. Uh, I've, I've become more aware of how important my hermitage has been to me over the last 30 years mm. and how most people live in everybody else's bullshit. Mm. They can't even separate their own bullshit from everybody else's bullshit because they're so intimately involved in everybody else's bullshit. Mm. And being out of that for 30 years has allowed me to observe my own bullshit very carefully. Mm. <laughs> and boy, I just can't imagine. I don't think, I don't think it could be done any other way. I think there's that being a hermit is just, I mean, there may be ways to do it, but I can't imagine with all the, the shit that other people carry around, and if you're just constantly in interaction with all these people, it's just overwhelming to me anyway. You know, so, I, yeah, I, I can't disagree with any of that. So, I think certainly reflecting on the past couple of years, I was trying to think of positive things that have happened in the past couple of years, and really most of it has just been reaffirming back to you know working on my own thing and identifying you know what enjoyment I get out of that. Um, I had a couple of things. Well, I mean, certainly, as you talk about Hungary, I feel about the UK. I think last time we spoke, I I went to the UK maybe in April when of the year that we last spoke, 
And I'm going back there in February. I'm opening a bank account. I'm putting money in the bank account. We're probably selling our Las Vegas house and buying a place in the UK and just, you know, making movements in a long-term direction to get out of the US. Good so, plan. Yeah. Yes. And I think what's particularly curious when we concluded the recordings, I got a lot of hate mail from people that assumed that I was concluding the recordings or that I was a Trump lover or a variety of other things, which I found really very, very strange. Really? Um, and the amount of hate that I got through actually the conclusion of the Stone Eight recordings was almost like, I'm going to spite you people and not talk to Heron for two years, motherfuckers. You know, I was really very much in the mood that if that was the general consensus of the, uh, and it was a small portion of listenership. It was just a really vocal portion of listenership. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to reassure what was people. their problem? I mean, they were accusing you of. Yes. But I mean, I, it was pretty clear that I ended it. I mean, it, you didn't I even know. I, I dropped that on you. Shit. I would have thought that. I mean, yeah, I would have thought the words. Back by it. I the mean. thing is, the thing is that I think people viewed there were a number of listeners that viewed Stone Ape as a curious kind of narrated soap opera that was actually various <laughs> threads and intellectual ideas that you and I were playing off each other, and there was like a a meta Stone Ape that was you and me having private discussions in order to explore a variety of things. Like, the, the really? level of conspiracy here was beyond wow. understanding. Wow. Really? You people out there thought that you and I were conspiring to, p- to produce this thing in the way it was produced? Well, it's interesting, actually, because certainly when I met people, and I've gone out of my way, actually, to meet our listeners. I went to New Zealand uh, earlier in the year and, and met some listeners. I mean, I've, I've met up with a lot of listeners since we concluded this thing. Yeah. And the thing that strikes me through it is that people spent so much time focusing on the week to week. And this is one of the reasons I want to get the transcripts out, actually, because there are so many interleaving threads and elements and we revisit conversations and we take different perspectives at different times. So, I mean, I can yeah. understand why listeners might think that there were a bunch of meta narratives. The one meta narrative that we never concluded, which I was always looking forward to concluding, I mean, having denied that the meta-narratives are now saying as a meta-narrative yeah. kind of works against it. But there was an interesting experience that I had where I discovered that a family photo album contained a series of, like, women from my father's past in it, and I had to kind of deconstruct that. And we never got to the end of that conversation. There were half a dozen conversations that we never adequately concluded based on, yeah. as you say, your choice to actually end the recording as you chose to end it. So, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, language monkeys, what can you say? Oh, man. <laughs> you know, they've oh, got man. their stories. Yeah. Now, what interested me, actually, when I posted that we were going to do this recording tonight was the number of old names that i just forgotten existed who kind of came out of the woodwork and said, right on, and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, obviously, we were incredibly important to a, a small number, small of, number of listeners. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, I think that... Well, that's the way I've always felt. You know, my audience, anyway, yeah. is is relatively small. You know, two percent, something like that. But that's that's plenty. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's plenty good. You know? Yeah, it was interesting through this whole noble eight period associated with this alleged comedian and the other action because I really, through that whole period, felt extremely isolated. But I did put music online, uh, like a video, like a, a song, basically on YouTube, and that had. 30,000 views in three days. Wow. So I realized that actually, although I like to think of myself as isolated and not particularly, you know, part of anything, there are certain things that just capture imagination and, you know, can gather 
an audience. Oh, the, for yeah, the, well, the internet changed everything. Mm, I mean, that, that, that it's just changed every aspect of the way we communicate with one another. Mm. So, this yeah. fellow from Hungary, Steve, have you actually met him in Squish? Uh, no. Okay. But you say he comes I to the US. Miss, I'm sorry, what? You yeah, say he, he comes he, to the US. He, he comes here. He, he's going to be coming here. He's got some property in Florida. And um, he's he's coming probably this summer for a while. Okay. I, we I don't know. It's it's no big deal. We talk you know a couple times a week mm. uh, for a couple hours each time. You know. Yeah, this whole meeting and squish thing is actually really dangerous. I think so. Well, it's okay for some things. <laughs> uh, you know. I I my experience. I mean, having crossed the U.S. to meet this fellow for a, a podcast and see it disintegrate literally in front of my eyes. Yeah. My view is squish for most of the stuff that I do is uh, uh, no 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 I yeah. don't want to even deal with it you know I mean yeah yeah generally speaking I don't see any advantage to being in someone's physical presence unless it's a really cute girl mm. <laughs> you know then maybe okay <laughs> so are you still with the newspaper no that's another thing that changed they fired me oh very good. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. So I actually I I haven't worked since March 1st. Gosh. And um and I can live for probably another 2 years on what I've got saved. Yeah. So I'm not in any giant hurry. At some point I'm going to have to start making some money, but mm. but I don't need much, you know. Do you get a military pension or nothing like that? No, well, no, but I get social security. It's okay. not, not enough to live on, but you know, I I don't need much to live on and, right. and I don't you know, so I mean, I'm pretty sure I can make that whatever I need in the next couple of years. Okay. So. And in yeah. terms of you, you wouldn't you couldn't claim any disability for your back or anything like that, where you get more money. Uh, no, I haven't really thought about it. I don't see why they'd pay me any money because I have a backache. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, my understanding is that there are, uh, certainly my father-in-law, although my father-in-law probably paid a vast quantity into Social Security through his his lifetime, yeah. but he. Had, I mean, he still has myasthenia gravis. He went blind, but then he took some medication, which gave him a sight back and everything like that. So, but he still is on disability, yeah. I think, through the state of California because yeah. he was disabled. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I'm not even collecting. I mean, I could collect unemployment. I I, yeah. I, I probably got to get that get on that because I think I have to use it in a certain amount of time. Yes. The, thing, the thing is. I, you know, I just hate dealing with fucking state bureaucracies, and I'm just wondering whether that a couple thousand bucks I'm going to get out of them is worth the bullshit of putting up with having mm. to deal with them, you know? Yeah, I've had to deal with the IRS this year. They still have, I think it's about $40,000 of mine. Oh, shit. Which they've hung on to through claw and nail for about eight months now. So, yeah, my view is you don't want to deal with the IRS at all. In fact, one of the main forces behind me thinking about going back to the UK is my dealings with the IRS. I've never dealt with an organization which is more irresponsible and more just objectionable <laughs> than the IRS. And they yeah. have no compunction to do anything. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very strange that they're at the top of the food chain in this country. And, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know me. I have no love for America. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm surprised, actually, you're still here. Because I thought if there was a chance of you doing anything spectacular it would be actually leaving this country so oh well yeah i i still i still think well we'll see how it goes you know i mean i i the question is whether i leave this country or the country leaves itself <laughs> yeah. or dis, disintegrates yeah. you know um 
I, I don't know. Scandinavia is one possibility, except it's cold up there. But yeah. but, but they all speak English, so yeah. <laughs> that's helpful. Well, midsummer is pretty crazy as well. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen the deep darts of winter, but I've seen the bright lights of summer. Oh, it's lovely it's, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, and just having for you know, having real seasons and stuff, I mean, I could live with that. I mean, yeah. as long as I'm inside and not freezing to death and I've got a good internet connection, yeah. I don't give a shit where I live. Certainly, <laughs> certainly. But you're still in the same place, right? You're still living in the yeah. room and the tomatoes yeah. and all the usual stuff? Yeah, although I haven't had any tomatoes in two years. They oh. just quit coming up. I don't know what it's happened. talking to me that... Motivated the tomatoes to come up, clearly. Well, happens. maybe that's it. Well, maybe we'll get some next <laughs> Yes. No, I've changed my gardening practices quite a bit in the past couple of years. This year, I grew too many toma- tomatoes. I grew too many tomatoes. Can't grow too, too many. Yo, tomatoes. believe me, you can. If it rots on, if oh, they rot on the vine. you're taking into work with you, and well, then everybody well, loves you. Look, I cooked, I cooked them, I cooked them, I cooked them. We went away, <laughs> we went away, I came back and... You cook, you're, are you growing full-size tomatoes yes. or... Okay, yes. yeah, that's different thing. Yeah. 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 So, but I've started doing ghost peppers this year and getting into the more esoteric chili varieties. And also, I have Indian co-workers, and I'm growing herbs for them as well, which uh, nets me major uh, karma points with my Indian co-workers. So, I'm growing sweet neem and you know various other bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, which is wonderful because you can grow. You know, stuff that they'd be buying on a regular basis for some amount of money. You just bring in bagfuls of the stuff because you're yeah, too much yeah. of it. So. No, I used to bring in shopping bags full of uh, cherry tomatoes <laughs> yes. to work, and everybody loved that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't really have many topics to discuss, sir, and I'm not sure. Do you have any topics that you want to throw out there? I'm looking through my... I'm in a really interesting place in my own uh, <laughs> progress or whatever the hell it is. Hmm. I'm feeling about as good as I've ever felt psychologically, spiritually, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in my whole life. Hmm. Uh, my body is creating some problems, but I mean, even that doesn't really bother me all that much. I'll get it, you know, I'll either end up in a wheelchair or I won't, you know. Hmm. And, but even if I do, well, I don't know if I, you know, and the point is, you know, I can do everything. That, that's what I'm realizing, that I can do my work right here, j- sitting on the floor in front of my mat. Mm. Uh, that with Facebook and YouTube, the whole fucking world is right there. I don't need anything else. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm feeling exactly the opposite, actually. I was reflecting on this quite heavily. I'm feeling increasingly that I just need to be left alone, like literally left alone, like not engaged yeah. with any of these other forms of media. I mean, I do have small windows of, of positivity, but I find increasingly yeah. the whole thing is just nonsense yeah. and noise. Well, see, I've done that for 30 years. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to get back in the game now. Yeah. So, so it, it's just, yeah, th- I mean, that's a huge change for me. And, and it's tough sort of changing my psychological style because I had developed a personality that was designed to ward off people, mm. <laughs> you know, and keep me alone. And, and it worked really well. Yes. But I don't need that anymore. You know, I yeah. need. Uh, I don't, yeah, that was that was okay then. But now I want to be effective. I want to be active. I want to be talking to new people and stuff. And, and it's just you know, I need to reprogram myself a little bit here. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel exactly the opposite. I feel I've talked to everyone. The allies that I once had are no longer here, and yeah. I just need to basically you know do a reinvention in some very real formative way. So 
Yeah, yeah it's yeah, interesting. That the, sounds uh, like the wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, being a hermit is is just I don't I don't. It's just fundamental, you know. Mm. I mean, to be able to separate yourself from all the bullshit so that you can deal with yourself. Yes. You know? It's I just, think also, I, I, I mean, certainly amongst my peer group here, I'm just talking about my coworkers. There's a kind of hyper consumerism and just real shallowness that I'm increasingly feeling alienated from and just like not a part of. So yeah, the only yeah. meaningful contact that I have in the day to day with people that are talking about, you know, luxury cars, luxury phones, luxury. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I still live in the same place. I mean, I'm actually very positive about living here, saving money, cr- treating it as a bunker and then using this money to create a better life elsewhere. Yeah, and this is the way that I'm seeing my life currently. But it, it's interesting, actually, because the main constant through this period of time has been recording model rail radio. And I mm. still do that. And it still provides, I mean, the two vacations that I took this year were both related to model rail radio. And although interacting with the broader train community is quite curious, I have probably, you know, a dozen or so really good friends through model rail radio that I can kind of you know, go over to the East Coast and hang out with and this kind yeah. of stuff. So that's been interesting. And I've kept in contact with a few of the listeners from uh, from Stone Ape. I mean, Paul Brian Hancock is a, a pretty solid constant in my life. And I have various, you know, I have various folk that I know that listen to this podcast. So it's always good to probably get one more in the feed that they can reflect yeah. upon. But yeah. it's interesting. I mean, my perspective when we recorded last time and certainly the last few recordings I and I have a listener who I work with who I felt the same way about. The toxicity associated with the election was just so great <laughs> that I think that toxicity kind of percolated both in our communication, also listeners, you know, interaction and perspective. And I, interestingly enough, I recorded a podcast following called "This Comes Next," which I did. I don't know, maybe there are twenty odd recordings with a, a, a former listener's uh, fiance, now his wife. Um, and that was an interesting experience, but I really felt very quickly that I don't have a lot to say about politics in this country that is coherent because I don't use well politics the standard, in the North. The, yeah. Yeah, it's beyond that now. I yeah. mean, we're not talking about national again. From where I'm sitting, it's just the age of nation states is over. That's mm. just bullshit. You know, yeah. we're moving into the first global civilization, and it's going to be fucking rocky. <laughs> you know, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think certainly Kavanaugh was just a surreal sense that this whole elitist, misogynist culture is still in its last death throes, right? I mean, they're still laying down the last foundations. Well, that's still a big, that's still the yeah. majority of, I mean, the, the caterpillar is still running the, sh- well, not running the show, but yeah. I mean, that, that's still the major the part. It yeah. still yeah. thinks it's running the show. It's right? trying to run the yes. show, and, and, it, and, and it has, and it, you know, but again, I, it just seems to me it's clear it's just fading, you know, yeah. it's dissolving, it, it, and it's just going to get increasingly weird, and, and, uh, <laughs> and it's going to be real interesting to see how all this plays out. I have been reading in order to understand fascism on a really practical level, a series of books about Germany. I've been reading Mein Kampf. Oh, have you? Interesting. Yes. So you've been doing the same stuff, right? Well, apparently. <laughs> I've been reading Mein Kampf. I've been reading The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. I uh, just finished Hugh Trevor Roper's uh, The Last Days of Hitler. I've been yeah. reading a bunch of like accounts of German soldiers on the Eastern Front. I've just been reading a lot of stuff to understand how to deal with fascism in a really yeah. very practical day-to-day kind of way, how to immerse myself in it 
in order to survive through it. And uh, I thoroughly recommend that to anyone that's having trouble dealing with contemporary reality. See, I don't think it's necessary to deal with fascism. The problem is fucking language monkeys. Well, you, you, that's, I mean, it, fascism is just one of the forms that they, that they use. Okay? But it's Learning to deal with fascism is nice, but that doesn't really solve all the other problems. No, but it enables you to cope, right? It enables well, you to so, at least – I say yeah. you, can, you can cope by learning how to deal with – Language monkeys, you know, whether it's uh, fascists or Republicans or, uh, you know, atheists or Islamists or whatever the fuck they are. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the same principles, at least for me, uh, yeah. I don't need to separate them. They're all the same. They're all stuck in their story. Certainly. But it's a very particular kind of story, and you need yeah, to be familiar yeah. with how to respond. Oh, yeah, and, that, well, that's yeah. the thing. Reading uh, reading Hitler's been fascinating. I mean, yeah. he, he's really – God, he's really brilliant in a lot of Without ways. Question. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and clearly one of the most important political figures in, <laughs> in history. Certainly, you know? yes. Uh, and yet he is so blind. All he, – he cannot see past Germany. Well, what's interesting is – you Trevor Roper's account is that he's an actor in this situation. He plays the role of Hitler and he plays it very, very well. And he's surrounded by people where after some period of time, all he can do is play the role of Hitler. But he says to people, he has confidants and he says, I wish I could just be an artist in Linz. I wish yeah. I could get away from this stuff and just be an artist in Linz. But yeah. when he's being Hitler, which he has to be all the time, and certainly at the end of the war, he had to be Hitler all the time. <laughs> it basically <laughs> destroyed him, right? So yeah. it is interesting. I've heard about Hugh Trevor Roper's account. I've always thought it was kind of curious, having not read it. And now I've read it, I really understand what he means associated with him being an, an actor in a some kind of elaborate yeah. tragedy, yeah. Uh, surrounded by very curious buffoons, of which he was the kind of lead orchestrator yeah yeah but you yeah, know i so it's interesting that we're both actually returning to this kind of stuff in the current yeah. climate well i you know i don't know i mean i've had the book for you i've had intentions of reading it for decades yes yeah. you know but it was just in the last couple of months i mean i'm not i, I read like maybe five or ten pages a day but yeah. i've got other stuff i'm reading too so germany if you go to germany and I have on multiple occasions. I am a Germanophile or whatever the term is. I really love Germany. I think it's an amazing place. I think it's really fascinating. And I can understand Hitler's love of Germany in that context. Yeah. Because it is distinctly different than anywhere else in the world. And it is very much in a particular, uh, which has a history of, you know, thousands of years in some regard, uh, hundreds of years in other regards. But the depth of history... And just the kind of personalities that are cultivated through, you know, German intellectual thought. I mean, obviously, folks like Karl Marx and Immanuel Kant and a wide variety of thinkers. Oh, yeah. Come through yeah. This there's thing. a lot of great thinkers and musicians. Yeah, that question. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's something very special about Germany. And I understand that in, in the context of Hitler's writing. And I understand yeah. why that is the way yeah. it is. Yeah. And I think in terms of had Hitler continued the war production through the early 40s, he went back to just, you know, regular production after, you know, the Dunkirk and these kind of things where it seemed like everything was stable in Fortress Europe. If he'd continued to develop his military through this period of time at the same rates that, you know, it might led up to that period, I think we would have had a different result with regards well, to the Second it, World yeah, War. Yeah, I mean, it's just fascinating, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean... It, there are a series of missteps, obviously. Well, the problem but, yeah. was he couldn't see past Germany. 
Well, he did. He saw to France and he saw to Moscow, right? I mean, he saw that, but I mean, it was all centered around German culture. Yeah. German. Uh, it was all about Germany, about yeah. nationalism. Yeah. You know, he. he if he had won the war, it just would have gone on because then he would have had to take on Japan, mm. <laughs> you know, because that that obviously they're not up to it. You know, yes. they're not good Aryans. <laughs> well, I mean, I think what's curious through this is my perspective and Operation Paperclip is publicly written about, but a wide variety of the Nazis actually got out. And many of them came to this country and many of them continue. I mean, von Braun in terms of NASA is well yeah. documented. So yeah. a lot of the underlying philosophy and rhetoric and and zealous kind of religious notions that came from Nazi fascism made its way to this country pretty seamlessly and integrated. Well, there was a huge uh, pro-Nazi movement in America. Certainly. Well, not huge, but I mean, they filled auditoriums yep. full of Nazis, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but no, it's, it's curious that you're reading this at the same time, because I always... I feel very isolated doing this kind of reading. So it's interesting that you're also doing it. Well, I'm used to feeling isolated. <laughs> I mean, that's just normal for me. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't want to get people's hopes up. I think I'm certainly in a place where I don't think we could return to recording Stone Ape on a regular basis. And I think it would be... No, I think we can yeah. talk any fucking time we want to. Certainly. <laughs> yeah, but, and, uh, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my perspective is certainly over the past couple of years... I haven't really felt, I mean, there have been interesting points where I've thought, you know, yeah. it might be interesting to have a conversation with Heron, but the transcripts are what motivated us to yeah. have this conversation. Yeah, I, I yeah. really don't like transcripts. Oh, that's I, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I just think they just do terrible violence to uh, to the spoken language. I, I, I just prefer spoken language to written text, well, especially especially when it's transcribed from audio. Uh, from, spe- from audio, yeah, yeah. because it, it's losing... I mean, it, a lot of the stuff, I mean, I listen to some of that shit, and it's just embarrassing how stupid I sound. Uh, but it doesn't sound stupid. It reads stupid. Well, though. the problem is, unfortunately, it's still a world where text is the primary way people find well, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. If I somebody, you know, I, I got for you. Listen, it's your podcast. You can do what the fuck you want. Well, I'm I mean, not I'm not going to do every single mind. one of them, right? Yeah. I'm going to do a smattering of them, and if it brings people listening to it so much yeah. better, if it doesn't work. Well, you, what you might also consider is just editing it down. I mean, I don't mean to make me look smarter, but I mean, uh, just instead of doing the whole goddamn thing, pick one or two sections and yeah. transcribe that. Because there's a lot of that shit that's just, you know, not all that interesting. Well, I my perspective think. is that the, the predominant search engine here can do what it does. And if, look, it is of cost to me. They do cost a certain amount to transcribe. Yeah, yeah. How much? Yeah. How does how does that process actually work? You send them uh, your audio, mm-hmm. and, and I pay them with PayPal. Them? I pay them for a week transcription, which is the cheapest possible rate that they offer. A which week? Is, wait a minute. A week trans? You mean a, a week, week like a week of time? Oh, okay. To get the uh, transcription, not a week. W e a k. Actually, I'm really quite impressed. Certainly, they give you. You can see drafts online as they're working on it. Uh-huh. And the drafts initially were like, oh, my goodness, there's no way this is going to work out. And actually yeah. what comes – look, I agree entirely. We talk over each other. There are a bunch of ums, ahs, yeses, yes, oh, yeah, yeah, all yeah. over just, the thing. Yeah. It's not actually coherent, readable text in that form. And I do appreciate that maybe we do some massaging or maybe we get some listeners to do some massaging. Uh, yeah, that would even be better. Get them to do it. Oh, man. <laughs> and so I'm putting the text out there. 
I'm not going to do, I don't know, there's 160 odd actual recordings. I'm not going to do that number. And how much does it cost you to, oh, to do this? So it's, it's 60 it's cents. A, it takes a, them a week yeah, to do it. It's 60 cents a minute. It's about, I don't know, 40, maybe 40, 50 dollars a recording. So it is something. Really? Okay, yeah. that's yeah, that's significant. So, well, it's not that significant. It's more significant for me than it is for you. you well, know? yeah. Well, yeah. the IRS should do it for me the way they hold my money. But anyway, <laughs> it, what it is is it's just I don't think I'll do even a tenth of the recording. Yeah, I'm no. Find the good. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are some that I think this is worth doing. And again, I think uh, it's not necessary. Well, once you get the transcript, you can then get rid of a bunch of shit. Mm. You know, you can yeah. re. You know, just get rid of all the stuff that isn't really crucial and just keep the, the most yeah. important but stuff. I think what interests me is what things people are looking for in the transcripts as well. So I haven't started to do that. I've got a couple what more What are looking for? Yeah, what Google, Google and the way that search hits web pages, I can see what text search got people to specific web pages. Ah, so what okay. interests me is if there is a need for you know, post Richard Dawkins discussion, because we did talk about that in various sections, or yeah. if there's a need for, I don't know, dream interpretation, no, because okay, we talk yeah, about that, yeah. then I get a sense of, okay, so this audience is coming here. But to be perfectly frank, we, our listeners have not increased since we stopped recording podcasts. I have, have other not podcasts. Increased? Have not increased. The number well, of. Well, I wouldn't expect that. Well, I know. So how, how much have they gone down, though? The Biota podcasts. The Biota podcasts increase dramatically. Oh, really? Yeah. Every year, a new crop of students comes and looks for the stuff. Well, that that's the a little bit podcasts. different. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, my Noble Lake podcast, not so much. Model Rail Radio has a, just an ever increasing listener base. So, I mean, what interested me with Stone Ape was firstly, it doesn't, its name doesn't say what we're doing. No, it doesn't tell you anything. So, you know, it, anyway, it, people do discover it. I do get emails periodically from people that have discovered it, and, you know, that's a nice thing. But I yeah, want to see yeah. if the transcripts if the transcripts don't work for me. Oh, what, what do you mean if they don't work? You mean to increase, to bring more people just, into it, you mean, or what? If after doing four of these things, you know, I, I get maybe two listeners a month through this thing, it's not working, right? Enough. It depends. Well, yeah, you to, to, what to number you, exactly. Yeah. To motivate yeah. me to transcribe yeah. more. I have more transcribed. Yeah. The transcription service I would actually use again. And what is interesting to me is potentially putting maybe a model rail radio or two in there and seeing what that does for that. I mean, whether specific topics or maybe even yeah. some of the Biota podcasts. Yeah. Now I've got to say this because Biota has fundamentally changed in the past two years. Bruce Damer has completely rebranded Biota. And through a series of things, I am continuing on with what the new biota is because I still, I donate to the biota organization. It's a registered charity. I'm the uh, primary benefactor. Is that the right word? No, uh, sponsor, whatever, whatever. I, I give the money basically to it. So Bruce has changed what it is quite fundamentally. And I'm involved with the discussions associated with what will become, but it's nothing like what it was previously and um, kind of leaves the question of, what it was previously, whether that continues to exist in some form or I don't know. I mean, I, I'm no longer on the International Society of Artificial Life board. They removed me without telling me and then sent me an email about <laughs> three months after the fact. I was like, well, gee, guys, thanks. But, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to, there's nothing changing as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, I, I don't really even associate what I do with Noble Ape in terms of artificial life anymore. I think that whole thing is, you know, Something which Noble Ape isn't quite demonstrably. So yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I don't really have much to talk about, Heron. I just thought this would be an ideal opportunity to catch up. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. Of th- there's so much going on for me, and I, I, I don't. I know I haven't said it all, but I, mm. you know, I just. One thing okay. that did come through the transcripts was associated with the keyboard. Is there any, the, any notion that you have of making the keyboard accessible my, in some the, form? The, the musical yes, keyboard. Yes, I mean, the musical. No, keyboard. no. All my energy's been going into Gim though for the okay. last six months. Uh, the keyboard's there. I look at it. I see it every day, <laughs> but I haven't played it in like a year and a half or something. Right. <laughs> now that's one project where if you were ever to kick it up, certainly please get in contact with me because I'm interested. I mean, I play the piano well my play my electric emu quite a bit now in fact when you start yeah. producing music on a regular basis you need to start actually performing music on a regular that's basis. right yeah. so i'm spending a lot more time in front of the keyboard which is absolutely wonderful and very cathartic for me um, yeah it's I, too bad it's a regular keyboard well this is what i'm mine. saying Aaron. <laughs> yeah. what i'm saying so yeah if you if you want to throw a monkey brother a, a strange instrument i'm sure uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to to check it out. Well, well, I'll tell you what. You know, if I if I was convinced, if I had a commitment from you that you would actually learn how to play this thing, I'd, I'd send it up to you. I, I I'll will I'll pay for you to send it up. That's my commitment, and I'll play it. Well, well, let's cons- let's we, we don't. They're not going to settle this right now, but I, yeah. I'm open to that because I'm not playing it, and okay. it would be really nice. To, to get someone else playing it and get some feedback on I'll, it. I'll even produce, uh, you know, five to ten tracks of me playing it exclusively and release it digitally so people can... Well, wait, don't commit to too much right now. Let's just wait and see what well, we do. If I, can but, get, if I can get a USB interface to it, then that's all I need, basically. It, yeah, yeah, it's there. It's so, there. It's got, a MIDI, it's got MIDI controller stuff mm-hmm. uh, all on it. Uh, yeah, it'll plug right into your computer and you can record and do all sorts of shit and hook it up to MIDI stuff. Yeah, it's, it's ready to go. Wonderful. Well... The commitment is here associated with certainly paying for it to be sent up here and, and certainly performing with it. So, Yeah, if well, interest, if you want to do that, uh, like I say, I'm, I'm open to that because it would be weird not to have it here, though. But still, it would be great to have someone else actually playing it and getting some feedback on it because, I'm the, you know, nobody's ever played it but me. Mm. No, I'm certainly very interested in that. So. If you You've seen like, pictures of it, right? No, I've never seen anything. You've never shown me anything associated with this aside from talking about it. You want me to? I can send you a picture of it right this minute. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know, I can't right now. I have to do it later. Uh, I'm I'm a parent. I'm I'm still using Skype seven. Are you using the new one? No, I don't know what I'm using. Let me see about Skype. Let me see what it says. Eight three two zero four four. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm still on seven. I, I I didn't like the first version of eight that came out, but I just got an email from Skype a couple of days ago saying that uh, I'm probably going to have to dump seven and twice now i've had to reboot skype uh you know because it just it's been locking up so i'm i, I don't know why i'm saying this but anyway yeah I, i've resisted do you like do you like the news i don't skype? like anything about anything uh, the, the whole thing is just crappy i mean my view is that the main thing i use skype for is model rail radio and every time skype brings a major update they make it harder for me to add callers <laughs> and maintain a, a call in internet radio show, which you'd think would be a market for yeah. Skype, but apparently isn't. So I've got nothing positive to say about Skype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have a new computer, which I've had for a year or so now, uh, one uh-huh. of the new MacBook Pros, and even yeah. though it has less slots and what have you, I just have it plugged into a 
a USB, everything comes off at Ethernet in kind of thing, and it works wonderfully. I actually uh, yeah? Really like the Yeah, I don't see why you need all that shit, you know? Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah. God. I, I haven't got a, a laptop at this point. I'm probably going to have to get one at some point. But, mm. uh, well, if you, you go know, to Hungary, I, you probably will. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, but I tell you, I do about 80%, about 80% of my online time is on my iPad. Mm. No, you, you did know? mention that last time we talked. Yeah, yeah, I love my iPad. I mean, I, there's stuff I absolutely need my Mac for, but, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I actually could probably go for a few weeks with just my iPad if I was overseas. I mean, really, it's, it's more art and stuff that, that I do on, you know, on my Mac. So I, I don't know. We'll look it out. Yeah, the only other thing that I've been maintaining is after concluding this podcast recording with the Jackass guy, I pulled a box of miniatures out from my attic, like tiny little painted figures from the UK, and I just found some amazing things within that. So I contacted not the people who painted the original miniatures, but their students, uh, and made connections with half a dozen people, which has been interesting because... It's kind of reconnected me with a group of artistic folk that I normally wouldn't have dealt <laughs> that's with. Sort of, that's interesting. It's a little bit like a coloring book, isn't it? Not really. I well, mean, well, I think it's it's three dimensional, but you get this character, this thing. Yes, and, I think, and, and you little... apply colors to it any way you exactly. want. Exactly. No, that's that's it in its rawest form, I would say. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of these people are really serious polymaths here, which oh, is why yeah, I think. No, you, I'm not questioning yeah. that. I'm just saying that, that in some ways it's like a coloring book. Mm. Only it's a coloring object. Yeah. But I mean of, part of this process has also been meeting some of these folk too. So yeah. I'm now employing a, a decreasing number of folk, but I've met a, a group of them um in my travels and also when people come through here. And I yeah. think next year I'm gonna cut it down. I've got one fellow in Spain who just does amazing work that I'll maintain. Uh, I've got a fellow on the East Coast and a fellow locally in Aptos and I think probably that group will be the group that I maintain. I've also got the fellow on the East Coast's girlfriend um, doing some painting for me as well. She's a silversmith by trade. I met them when I was out in New Jersey about a month ago. Um, but, yeah, that's been an interesting thing as well. That's really my only connection with the uh, the world aside from Model Rail Radio these days. Hmm. So. Well, that sounds like a great new track, man. I tell you, like I say, I'm coming back online now, but I've, mm. I've been offline for like 30 years, so mm. <laughs> I'm taking my time. I'm not in any hurry. But yes. I go to Starbucks every day. Oh, you go, you've gone back to Starbucks? Yeah, yeah. I go there every day for about two hours mm-hmm. and uh, plop myself down in one of the nice big easy chairs and mm-hmm. wait for some poor unsuspecting person to sit in the chair next to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, and then I never the uh, well, same person twice. I'm sure. Oh no! Sometimes no. Actually, uh, it, that's the. Like I say things are really taking off. Uh, people are responding to the stuff I'm doing now. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it, it's really stunning the difference in the last thirty years. I'm mean, honestly, when I started this stuff, nobody understood what the fuck I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, I've gotten better at talking about it over the years, but yeah. people have gotten a lot better at hearing it. <laughs> well, I think you're entering your time, right? You're yeah, the your world is, is, is catching yeah. up with me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I'm not so far ahead now. So, yeah, it, it's exciting because, um, you know, I'd say 50% of the people I talk to, if I take like five minutes and just listen, hmm. you know, just, just ask questions and listen, then I'll find some way to introduce this subject that, that syncs with them. Hmm. And... Um, it's really, I mean, it doesn't, I would say 50% of the time it doesn't work at all. But, mm-hmm. but 
that's that's still pretty good. Fifty percent, Jesus Christ, fifty hmm. percent of people. I mean, really, when I talk about stuff like the voice in your head is not something you were doing; it's something happening to you. I mean, I couldn't have said that twenty years ago to anybody, <laughs> you know. And now people, I go, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not too radical these days. No, it's right? not at all. You know, it's stunning. Yes. And the implications of it, of course. And, and well, anyway, it, it's just really exciting to, to see that uh, shit that, that just I couldn't even talk about 20 years ago is, is just like, yeah, okay, and. <laughs> you know. Yes, yes. Well, Heron, I'm going to have to cut this thing short. It's rather hot in my podcasting room. It's been great catching up. And uh, yeah. to our listeners, no doubt, I'm just leaving you disappointed. But when I get the keyboard... I will uh, put some tunes in the uh, Stone Ape audio feed for people to listen to, and maybe we can actually reconnect after some period of time and discuss the keyboard in greater detail. Oh, that, I'd be really interested in getting any kind of feedback uh, on the keyboard, because you'd be the first person who's ever actually tried. I mean, I've had a couple people look at it, and mm. say, but, maybe, but it, it, it takes you know, it'd take at least a couple of weeks of practice to, to get the, the fingering patterns in. Certainly. But once you get them in, man, there's only, you know, well, you, I mean, you get, man, with a regular keyboard, you have 24 different muscle patterns you Believe have to me. measure, major At and least. minor for each key. At there's least. only two on this yeah. keyboard, one for major, one for minor. Yeah. After that, all you do is move your hand to a new position and do exactly the same movement you did previously, and it works. Wonderful. It's just it's just fucking stunning. It's just and there are no awkward fingerings. I've messed around with this thing for ages now. And because and see there are four rows of keys, two duplicates. So there are two two keys for every note. Mm. And therefore, if the fingering is a little awkward in one way, you can shift your hands mm. to a new position and in the new position it almost always well, it's every time so far, it works. Very There's good. Just, just no, no, uh, no clumsy fingerings. It's, it's just stunning. Well, know? let's see if I can throw some minor sevenths in there and uh, see what happens. Oh, I can't wait, man. Uh, that would be just. I'm trying to think how. Well, I guess just a big box. Uh, what I could, what I could put it in. Foam yeah. peanuts are always good. Get a bigger box, lots of foam peanuts, and just put it in and put more foam peanuts on top. I'll, I'll send you some money, so you, you won't have a problem associated with. You know, accessory, cost of accessories associated yeah, with Yeah, it's so. really important. I mean, yeah. I've had this now for like 15 years, and it still works. I mean, I'm still sort of stunned, you know. Mm. I mean, it it's just works great. You know, they. I, I just got so lucky, man. I, I, it's the first project like this I ever managed. <laughs> and it took almost a year and a half to produce this thing. But it's, it fucking works, man. <laughs> well, Heron... I will commit to uh, recording something with you in the future associated with the keyboard. It's been a pleasure this evening. Okay. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.